It is a cold winter day, and several African-American students are making their way to a class taught by a local pastor. For the next few hours, the students are subjected to verbal humiliation and minor physical abuse at the hands of their instructors. This includes their hair being pulled, coffee being spilled on them, being hit with a newspaper, and all while being called some of the worst things you could ever imagine, including plenty of use of the N-word. And after this excruciating experience, how would the students respond? By breaking into song and dance with their classmates. Surreal, isn't it? But this is exactly what several students participated in during the winter of 1959 and 1960 in Petersburg, Virginia. And they did so willingly. This was the dawn of the Civil Rights Sin-In Movement. And these students had answered the call from Reverend Wyatt T. Walker and Reverend R.G. Williams to do the unthinkable help integrate the Petersburg Public Library by walking into the front door of this segregated facility. While this was the first time a library sit-in ever occurred, it would not be the last. What these students had endured was an excruciatingly intense training session for the type of potential abuse they would encounter. But there's something interesting in the hours and hours of training they went through. After these sessions, they would get together and celebrate, learning the picket polka or just dancing with each other. How would you have reacted after hours of being verbally and physically abused? You probably would be pretty upset, ruminating on the injustice of it all. The last thing you would probably ever consider would be to go dancing. But that one act was crucial in dealing with the emotional strain they had suffered. Welcome to Thinker's Manifesto, a podcast series that will help you think better. I'm your host, Sean Jackson. Episode 2. Emotional Circuit Breakers Our emotions are what make us human and unique. They are at the core of our existence and help define our interactions with others and our surroundings. They make us better communicators and enable us to form social relationships. They provide comfort to us in times of sorrow and provide the inspiration to move forward, to create new things, to immerse ourselves in the fabric of our existence. They are also a huge problem when it comes to making decisions. In episode one, we talked about the two thinking systems we use based on the research of Daniel Kahneman. System one is our fast thinking emotional state, whereas system two is our more deliberate analytical state. Most of the thinking we engage in is based on our system one style of thinking, quickly reacting to our environment. And while system one thinking helps us navigate the mundane decisions we make on a routine basis, our best ideas and thoughts come from our system two style thinking. The problem is that our emotions get in the way. It is our emotions that cause us to ruminate and worry, or what we typically call overthinking. It is our emotions that motivate us to seek the quickest and easiest answers, which may not be the best for us in the long run. How many times in your life have you said or done something in an emotional state that, in hindsight, 
you wish you hadn't. Our lives are filled with situations that arise from factors that we often don't control. We start a journey for a career or relationship just to find our path impeded by others and circumstances we did not plan to encounter. And when we face these impediments, they often require us to make a decision, usually with little information and no certainty in their outcome. Now, when we leave our decision-making to our reactive brain, we will often be able to make a decision quickly and move forward on the journey, which can have its benefits. But the decisions we make in this state are often not the right decisions. Why? Because our emotions, a key element of our system one thinking, are driving our actions. So what do we do? Emotions are inherent in all of us and drive most of the decisions and actions we undertake. So how do we break free of that emotional state and engage our rational, deliberate thinking? I love our local fire department. On many occasions, I've taken my son's Cub Scout den to visit our first responders. The firehouse is always filled with cool gadgets and vehicles, and the boys are always thrilled by the adventures that our local heroes have encountered. On one visit, my son's den spent time with the EMTs and paramedics, learning the basics of how to respond to medical emergencies. And what these first responders shared was surprising. On most days, there's very little need for their services. So what do they do? They plan and practice for the situations they may encounter. Instead of lounging by the TV, they work diligently to think of all the things that could happen and train continuously to address them. And it's from this planning and training that they build confidence, knowing that when those situations arise, they are prepared. Planning and practicing is not only the hallmark of first responders, It is also a fundamental aspect of what many business schools and self-help experts teach their students. But there is one element of the planning and practicing that is often not discussed. Pausing. If you've ever taken a CPR class, one of the first things they teach is to assess the situation. The subtle act is crucial since you do not want to perform CPR on a person that does not need it, nor in an environment that is not safe. This is why. When a first responder first approaches the scene of an accident, their very first action is to assess the situation before they determine the best way to respond. But while first responders have trained on how to approach these life and death situations, most of us have not. Rarely have we planned and practiced for the impediments we encounter. And worse yet, if the situation is one we have never encountered before, fear, uncertainty, and doubt Strong emotions, to say the least, begin to cloud our judgment. And it is in these situations where we need to pause and use an emotional circuit breaker. A circuit breaker is an automatically operated electrical switch that is designed to protect an electrical circuit from damage, which is caused by excess current from an overload. So an emotional circuit breaker should work in a similar fashion, a switch in our thinking process that keeps our emotional state from overwhelming our decision-making. What is your emotional circuit breaker? 
When I was younger and extremely poor, I got a letter from the IRS saying that I owed several hundreds of dollars in taxes. I flipped. How could this be? Why did I owe it? And more importantly, how is it going to pay this huge sum when I barely had $60 in my bank account? Worse yet, the letter arrived on a Friday. So my entire weekend was now likely to be spent in an emotional vortex of fear and apprehension for the future. Finally, after hours of worrying, I left my apartment and headed to the local theater to see a movie. For a brief period of time, my anxiety was abated as I immersed myself in the movie. Afterward, I felt calm and realized I could do nothing about the situation until Monday. Since that time, whenever I have faced tough situations and my emotions take over my thinking, I try to find a movie to go to, usually one where the hero overcomes a huge obstacle and finds success. That is my emotional circuit breaker. What is yours? Before you answer, there are a few elements that you should consider that are essential for an emotional circuit breaker to work. First, it needs to be an activity that distracts you by demanding your immediate attention. Second, it should be an activity outside of the environment that created the situation to begin with. Ideally, it is something physical that elevates your breathing and puts your body into motion. But fundamentally, it needs to be an activity that is removed from and not associated with the situation that is demanding your higher level thinking. Maybe it is reading a book or going to the gym or just leaving your house to go see a movie. Maybe it's dancing like those students that trained for sit-ins long ago. Becoming a better thinker requires us to appreciate when our emotions are driving our decisions and to identify and use emotional circuit breakers. But what if you find yourself in a situation where your emotions are elevated and you have no way to engage your preferred emotional circuit breaker? A situation where your response may have life or death consequences, or at the least, a profound impact on your life. What then? What is an emotional circuit breaker we can use in an emergency? Take a breath and laugh. In the book Altered States by Daniel Goleman and Richard J. Davidson, they discuss how meditation and mindfulness affected patients. To quote, as these stressful thoughts were presented, the patients used either of two different attentional stances, mindful awareness of their breath or distraction by doing mental arithmetic. Only mindfulness of their breath, both lowered activity in the amygdala, mainly via faster recovery, and strengthened it in the brain's attentional networks, while the patients reported less stress reactivity, unquote. In episode one of this series, we talked about how the amygdala directly impacts our emotions. What the authors found is that by focusing on our breathing, we can lower the emotional activity of our brain. So if your parents ever told you to take a breath and calm down, turns out it's pretty good advice. But there is one more thing to add to this emergency emotional circuit breaker. Laughing. (laughs) James Waters is a former Navy SEAL platoon commander. As you know, training to become a Navy SEAL is hard. They endure weeks of intense physical and psychological stress, all designed to push candidates to their limits, weeding out those that give up under pressure. It is one reason why less than 6% of students graduate from SEAL training. In an interview James conducted with Eric Barker on the blog Barking Up the Wrong Tree, he talked about the role of laughter during his SEAL training, known as BUDS. 
to quote, you got to have fun and be able to laugh. Laugh at yourself and laugh at what you're doing. My best friend and I laughed our way through Buds. We still tell the same jokes whenever I talk to him. It's one of the best memories of going through Buds. There's something about when you're facing a really crummy situation to look over at your friend and see him smile. It tells you, all right, I'm going to be fine. We're going to be fine and it's all going to work out. Unquote. Finding humor is a great way to help buffer our negative emotions from stress. To quote further from the same article that cites a passage from the book Nerve by Taylor Clark, quote, humor is about playing with ideas and concepts. So whenever we see something as funny, we're looking at it from a different perspective. When people are trapped in a stressful situation and feeling overwhelmed, they're stuck in one way of thinking. This is terrible. I've got to get out of here. But if you can take a humorous perspective, then by definition, you're looking at it differently. You're breaking out that rigid mindset. So whenever you are faced with a situation that requires an immediate decision, use the emergency emotional circuit breaker. Take a breath and find a way to laugh. Our emotions are what make each of us unique, but they can hinder us when it comes to making a meaningful decision that requires a higher level of thinking. So create your own emotional circuit breaker that provides you with a pause in your thinking. Get out, walk around, find a fun distraction, and don't forget to take a deep breath and find the humor of it all. On the next episode of Thinker's Manifesto, we are going to talk about the most important room in your house and why coffee shops make you a lousy thinker. I hope you listen in. Thanks for listening to Thinker's Manifesto. To learn more and connect with the show, visit thinkersmanifesto.com. If you have any comments, questions, or thoughts about the show, I invite you to email me directly. My email address is sean at thinkersmanifesto.com. And if you are enjoying the show, please consider providing a rating or review wherever you happen to be listening so others will know what to expect. Thank you. Thank you.